Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante, imagination, innovation, science in action. New laws and regulations will affect agriculture in 2024. Senate Bill 389 gives the California State Water Resources Board authority to investigate whether rights of a water user are valid and impose sanctions for unauthorized diversions. And Assembly Bill 1016 will modernize the certification process for farmers to use drones to spray pesticides and beneficial biological treatments on their farms. The advanced clean fleets rule will phase out most diesel trucks in California over the next two decades beginning this year. Since California's new overtime law for farm employees began to take effect in 2019, the state's farm workers worked a total of 15,000 to 45,000 fewer hours and earned a total of 6 to $9 million less on their weekly paychecks than they would have without this law in place. Those are the findings of Alexandra Hill of the University of California's Berkeley Department of Agriculture and Resource Economics. Hill's study shows that on average, there has been a decrease in worker hours and wages. The overtime law, Assembly Bill 1066, was passed in 2016. Even though the clock doesn't run out of winter for several more weeks, state water officials are bracing for another dry year for the Scott and Shasta Rivers in Siskiyou County. At its December 19th meeting, the California State Water Resources Control Board unanimously readopted an emergency drought regulation that curtails water rights in the Scott and Shasta Rivers, affecting farmers and ranchers. The order limits surface water diversions and groundwater pumping and prioritizes minimum flow recommendations to protect threatened coho and other fish. The annual California Rice Commission Grower Meetings will be held on Wednesday, January 17th in Williams and Yuba City. The meetings will provide rice growers and handlers with the latest information on key issues impacting the industry. The morning meeting in Williams will be held at Granzella's Banquet Hall. Doors open at 8 a.m. The meeting begins at 8.30 and runs to 11.30 a.m. And the afternoon meeting in Yuba City will be held at the Plaza Room in Hillcrest. Doors open at 12.30 and the meeting itself runs from 1 to 4 p.m. Information is identical at both meetings. This year's scheduled presenters and current topics include Tyson Redpath of the Russell Group. He'll talk about the next farm bill and give a Washington, D.C. overview. Louis Brown of Consors and Conway will talk about the state of California and the next governor. Peter Backman, CEO of USA Rice, will share the USA Rice 2024 initiatives. David Guy with the Northern California Water Association will give a water outlook for 2024 and beyond. Ricky Rohde, chair of the California Rice Commission, will talk about the rice footprint. And Tim Johnson, CEO of the California Rice Commission, will talk about referendum and key CRC programs. 
Table grape growers lost a lot of fruit this past season due to a hurricane that hit the state in the midst of harvest. Fruit that was mature at the time the hurricane hit was affected most and much of it rotted away. In the Maricopa region in the southern part of the state, they lost about 70 to 80 percent of their fruit. That according to Nick Dulcich with Pretty Lady Vineyards. He says, however, further up north, there was less rainfall and the fruit wasn't mature yet. So when a hurricane hit, there was less impact. When a majority of grapes in the southern part of the state got wiped out, the market was empty all of a sudden. As a result, growers in the Delano area started picking early as they had nowhere else to pick. Although the fruit was okay, there was still a lot of cleaning to do. And as a result, not more than 30,000 packages a day were picked at the peak. This compares to 70 to 90,000 packages that were picked daily during last year's peak, according to Dulcich. As a result of reduced California supply, the fruit moved well and prices were good. Dulcich said, however, around the middle of November, things started to slow down and the market became weaker as table grapes from Peru had started to enter the U.S. Due to California's short supply, Peru started shipping early. In addition, Peru was also faced with weather issues and decided to ship its table grapes to the U.S. instead of Asia as U.S. demand was strong. However, Peruvian grapes lacked quality as the stems were turning brown and fruit was not well-sized. Bad weather had impacted the quality and the fruit didn't have the freshness effect it had in the past, he said. As a result, the business boomeranged back to California. In the end, demand for California table grapes exceeded supply and they finished well, he said. Pretty Lady Vineyards finished their table grape shipping in mid-December. We're thrilled to announce that the North Valley Nut Conference is taking place on January 31st at Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. This event is held in conjunction with University of California Cooperative Extension. It's a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree nut industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to your success in the orchard. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on the latest industry trends. Listen to our expert speakers, share valuable insights and practical advice, but attendance is filling up fast. So make sure you visit myaglife.com backslash events and register today. We hope to see you there. Any type of, of a proper monitoring and then following up with, uh, for example, the mating disruption in, in, a, in the case of a California red scale and a biological control could contribute to the overall uh, management of this pest throughout the year and decrease, like I said, the, the input of pesticides throughout the year. Citrus Research Board entomologist Ivan Milosavljevic discussing pest management of just one of many pests typically seen during pre-bloom, a vulnerable time of the year for citrus trees where temperatures drop and pest and disease pressures rise. For something like California red scale, it's recommended to use pheromone-baited sticky traps plus additional methods depending on the situation. Red scale is just one of them. Uh, I think uh, it's it's essential to provide, uh, like you mentioned, the proper uh, management with, with the cards, uh, with the pheromone cards, right? Uh, to monitor the first flight of, of, the, of the red scale because that sets up the whole year management and prevents uh, an increased pesticide use against this pest. So any type of, of a proper monitoring and then following up with, uh, for example, the mating disruption in, in, a, in the case of a California red scale and a biological control could contribute to the overall uh, management of this pest throughout the year and decrease, like I said, the, the input of pesticides throughout the year. Snails and ants are also pests to look out for in the beginning of the season on the ground. Management of both are essential early in the season as their populations will continue to grow throughout the year, Milo Savlievich said. They like these cooler uh, temperatures as well uh, and start building up their population. So 
uh, probably some kind of a management uh, around the trees for for these snails, uh, releasing of a good guys, the decalate snails that we have in our orchards, relocating them is essential to to start the year as well. Um, uh, again, uh, aside from from snails on the ground, we have the Argentinians that I have worked with. Um, they are also they tend to increase they 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 hibernate during the winter. They are in less numbers, but we still see them in in, in orchards during the winter as well on the ground. Uh, but they start building up populations as well uh, as the season increases and temperature increase temperatures increase. Uh, so it's very essential, uh, as I would say, to to manage them um, early in the season while their numbers are lower. And uh, maybe uh, some kind of a proper management early in the season could tackle their large colonies uh, better than when they uh, build up over the populations over summer. Because when they're in high numbers, you might uh, apply your treatments, but that might kill the workers, but not the queens. If they're in lower numbers, uh, something very useful would be, uh, in my opinion, to treat when they're in low numbers. So maybe we can tackle the queens easy, more easier that way. Uh, again, I'm not the PCA, so I can't make any recommendations, but these are just my observations that I have found throughout throughout many years of my work uh, with citrus. Milo Savlievich said that thrips were a big problem last year, and while they're not active during the pre-bloom stage, eggs are being laid in the soil, posing an opportunity for early management. They, they tend to lay their eggs in, in, in the soil, in, in, in the crevices, and in other parts, hidden parts, right? Uh, so some kind of a proper management that I could think of is, for example, applying a mulch under the underneath the trees to prevent or decrease their their uh, emergence rate. Uh, I don't think anybody has looked at this, but that's kind of, again one one kind of my observations um, that I have found. Uh, if if you apply a mulch, it can be uh, a very unusual and unsettling environment for different kinds of pests that emerge from the soil. Uh, it is very rich in in uh, predatory insects that might be too large for trips, for example, but they are good for some other pests. Uh, but again, it could be very uh, useful in, in terms of uh, containing uh, entomopathogenic nematodes or something like that in, in the soil, some microfauna that can be detrimental to the trips emergence, for example, and we could see uh, a less uh, of a rate of, uh, so the rates will be decreased as well. Uh, again, I don't think nobody has looked at this, but it's kind of something that, that could be beneficial overall moving forward with, with this pest, for example. Cottony cushion scale and mite species are additional insects to keep a lookout for, but Milo Savlievich also stressed to survey winter weed species, citing these as not only a direct issue to citrus, but also a harboring opportunity for certain pests. Weeds could provide a secondary uh, hedge um, or a secondary um, nurseries to these these pests, right, in, inside the orchards where they can hide uh, during this period. So a proper management of, of um, winter weeds could be essential to manage and lower down the populations of pests that could hide in, in those bushes or in those grasses and, and that provide a secondary um, home for them, let's say that way. Uh, so overall, the management of the orchard, the proper management is essential to provide the health of the plant. Again, the weed management to maybe lower down the populations of some kind of a pest that will be in there, uh, as well as the, the proper pest management, direct pest management would be essential to the overall, I would say, year IPM and year um, to the yields. In general, yes, to, to provide a better yields and a better support for the plant throughout the year. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Charlstrom. This segment was sponsored by Polymer Ag, makers of Anti-Stress 550, the climate stress solution. 
Find out more at polymerag.com. December 2023 results from the Purdue University CME Group Ag Economy Barometer Report have been released. Purdue University Director for the Center for Commercial Agriculture, Jim Minter, shares highlights from the recent report. The Ag Economy Barometer Index fell one point compared to a month earlier and was 12 points weaker than it was this time last year. The current condition index was down one point compared to last month and down 23 points compared to December of 2022, while the Future Expectations Index was down one point compared to November and seven points lower than it was a year ago. The Farm Financial Performance Index improved by two points this month compared to a month ago and is now up 11 points since September. Once again this month, we asked producers what their biggest concerns are for the upcoming year, and high input costs remain a top concern among producers But lower crop and livestock prices was now the second biggest concern expressed by producers this month. The Farm Capital Investment Index was up one point compared to a month earlier, and now is up eight points compared to October. The short-term farmland value expectation index was down four points compared to a month earlier, primarily because more producers said they look for values to weaken in the upcoming year. In this month's survey, we asked producers what their expectations are for consumer inflation in the upcoming year. And 70% of the producers in the survey said they think inflation will be less than 4% in the upcoming year, and just 13% said they expect inflation to exceed 6%. That compares to a year ago when roughly half of the producers in the survey said they thought inflation would exceed 6%. This month's survey also included a question where we asked producers what their expectations are for prime interest rates in the upcoming year. Roughly one-third of the producers in the survey said they expect to see interest rates decline over the upcoming 12 months, and just over half of producers said that they feel like interest rates will either remain unchanged or decline in the upcoming year. That wraps up the highlights for this month's survey. The full report is available on the Purdue CME Group Ag Economy Barometer website, which is purdue.edu slash agbarometer. And you can also get some more details on our podcast, Purdue Commercial Agcast, which is available on major podcast providers and at purdue.edu slash commercial ag. And you can also join us for the Purdue Top Farmer Conference, which will be held on January 5th of 2024. You can take part in the conference either in person at West Lafayette or online. Information on this conference is available at purdue.edu slash commercial ag. On behalf of the Center for Commercial Agriculture, I'm Jim Mintert. Thanks for joining us. The Waters of the U.S. Rule Rewrite topped the list of agricultural issues for the National Agricultural Law Center in 2023. While WOTUS was a top issue for 2023, California's Proposition 12 came in second, with the one-year Farm Bill extension coming in third. The organization listed the Environmental Protection Agency's rollout of the Endangered Species Protection Program in the Federal Insecticide, Fungicide, and Rodicide Act fourth. Other top issues include the Arkansas foreign ownership of land restrictions, competition in the livestock sector, and water use from the Colorado River. Right to repair gained traction as farmers continue to advocate for the right to access manufacturer-controlled tools and information. The list rounds out with growth in the industrial hemp sector and civil litigation over pesticides such as glyphosate exposure. The organization expects corporate transparency rules requiring disclosure of ownership interests in companies, proposed H-2A changes, and a myriad of issues before the Supreme Court as ones to watch for in 2024. 
New data from USA's Economic Research Service shows genetically engineered crops dominate the U.S. agriculture sector. Genetically engineered seeds were commercially introduced in the United States for major field crops in 1996, with adoption rates increasing rapidly in the following years. The two main GE trait types are herbicide-tolerant and insect-resistant. The one-year Farm Bill extension won't bring many changes for producers, but it may create more work for Congressional Budget Office folks. USA Ag News reporter Gary Crawford. This time one year ago, many people, including Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack, were confident Congress would craft and pass a new Farm Bill before the end of 2023 when the old bill was set to expire. There's no reason why this can't be done. But as the deadline approached, the tone changed. We're not going to have a Farm Bill passed before December 31st. Instead, lawmakers passed a one-year extension of the current farm bill now for farmers. Another year extension doesn't rock the boat a lot. Except for the cost of the extension and any changes that lawmakers make to it, according to USDA's chief economist Seth Meyer, there are questions about that. Do changes they want to make depend upon the Congressional Budget Office's scoring of the bill and do they have to rescore and do falling commodity prices change the dynamics for the tweaks that the farm bill writers want to make? All questions lawmakers will have to answer in the next few months. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Three carbon projects initiated in 2021 and 2022 issued nearly $3 million in carbon asset payments to U.S. dairy farmers who used agolin ruminant to create verified emissions reductions. A verified emission reduction is a carbon asset that can be used as an offset or within a value chain. It represents one metric ton of greenhouse gas emissions equivalent that is either avoided or removed from the atmosphere through an intervention that has been independently verified as part of a carbon reduction project. Agolin and ruminant is a proprietary blend of essential oils that improves milk production and feed efficiency in beef and dairy cattle. Concord Agriculture Partners has chosen Agolin Ruminant to create a new carbon inset project, which guarantees that participating dairy producers will receive an industry-leading 85% of the gross value of the carbon asset. Alltech, a global leader in agriculture, acquired a majority interest in Agolin SA in May of 2023. The U.S. Foreign Agriculture Service has released its annual Global Agricultural Information Network report for China. Estimates indicate that China's citrus production will increase across all varieties in market year 2023 to 2024, despite the country's slow economy. Good weather and increased yields coming from replanted trees are likely the drivers behind the expected increase in production. Consumer demand in China is strong and citrus continues to outperform other fruit categories. Trade remains minimal compared to production. However, There could be an increase in exports if the season's production outpaces consumption. U.S. citrus in China has had a good reputation and continues to be a premium product in their market. Increased sales of imported fruit via online shopping and e-commerce represent a growing portion of the market and will likely continue seeing growth in the coming years. The full report, including the breakdowns of production, price, consumption, and trade for each variety, are available online at apps.fas. .usda.gov Attention ag professionals, how do you maximize your efforts in your fields without breaking the bank? Come find out at the Inputs Ag Summit on January 10th in Fresno. Network with the best companies looking to help you save money and resources, making your dollars go further in the field. This is your chance to stay ahead and thrive in the face of challenges. The time to make a difference is now. You can't afford to miss out. Visit myaglife.com forward slash events to register or call 559 352 
888-242-4456. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. (laughs) 